Welcome to Vineyard 61's weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired, challenged, and encouraged by this week's speaker. For previous messages, go to our website, vineyard61.org, or subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Welcome. Uh, welcome to Ballam. If I haven't met you before, do grab your seats. And hi over at Westside and at Battersea. Huge, huge welcome. And also anyone online, whether you're tuning in from Brighton or Brussels or wherever you're tuning in from, just a huge, huge welcome. Uh, we're in our, uh, in our middle of our series on uh, God in the city. And uh, what we're doing is we're considering what, it's, what it looks like to join in and with God's mission here in the greatest city in the world, right? The greatest city in the world. Uh, and what we're trying to do during this series is as we focus on partnering with God to bring life and transformation, our hope as a kind of preaching team is that you and I will be stirred every day, everywhere and in, and in every way in what God is doing in and through you in, in, in the city of London. And so today, I've got the real privilege of looking at power. Power. Uh, just turn to your neighbour and just say, fasten your seatbelts. Or take them off. I'll take them off. Here we go. You see, I, I believe that the mission of God requires the power of God if it's to succeed. The, the mission of God requires the power of God if it is to succeed. And uh, I'm basically, basically going to be talking about how we steward the supernatural. And if I steward my timekeeping, we're going to do some demonstrations. Uh, if we were in primary school, we'd call it show and tell. So we're going we're gonna to do some show and tell. I'm going to be reading from uh, Acts chapter 1. Uh, we're going to be reading the, the first part of Acts chapter 1. And the words are on the screen. If you, if you don't have a Bible, uh, at the back on the shelves there, there's some Bibles there that you can take with our compliments. Uh, but if you've got good eyesight as well, you can read, read the screen. Uh, Acts chapter 1. In my former, former book, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles, he had chosen after his sufferings, he presented them and gave them many convincing proofs, proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Verse 6, then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has sent, has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, 
they said. Why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken to heaven will come back the same way you have seen him go into heaven. This is the word of God. It's absolutely true. And it was given to you and me in love. You see, every day is an encounter. Every day is designed to be a day of kingdom advancement for you and I. Uh, I'm seeing it in my own life. Uh, I'm seeing a God, uh, the, the God is a God of healing. He's healing my emotional fractures and my broken places. He's brought healing recently to me in some uh, relationships that have been torn. And he's also beginning and continues to heal my wounds, my traumas, my physical body. I'm also seeing it here in our gathered environments at, at Balham and at Westside and at uh, Battersea. I love hearing stories each week of healing, people being healed physically here in rooms across our sites, prophetic words and words of knowledge has been released to our community and then received by people. Uh, and we're wanting, I'm wanting to see it more and more and increasingly see it more and more. Uh, but there was a time when I didn't. I think back to when I was uh, a teenager, I had curtain for hair, I had like my hair in curtains, um, Farrah trousers, some of you won't know what that is. <laughs> but there was a time where, as a new Christian, I didn't know how to access the power of God. More accurately, there wasn't a time where I knew how to grow in the spirit of God. I used to think I would go to meetings and I used to think it would land, the Holy Spirit would, would be there to land on me or it wouldn't. Uh, I would see it in other people and they were experiencing some emotions of the power of God and I thought, oh, maybe I have to sit front left to get the power of God or, or maybe if I was on my best behaviour the, the couple of days beforehand, I would receive the power of God. You see, I sensed it was part, possible to partner with the Holy Spirit because we're called to continue the ministry of Jesus, but I just didn't know how to do so. Uh, and so I'd, I'd kind of go around, I'd find different meetings and different places where I could experience and encounter the, the power of God. But I didn't realize that I could partner with the power of God wherever I was. And as a UK, in the UK church, I want to propose that we don't know how to meet, move from sporadic interventions in our meetings to sustain power in our communities. We just don't know. We just don't know. We don't know how to move from seeing power into moving into seasons of power and then being sustained by the power of God. As a UK church, we just don't know how to do that. So for many of us, we attend gatherings and multiple gatherings, have wonderful experiences. We become skilled at receiving the power, receiving the spirit, but we don't know how to release the power of God. Are you with me? Are you with me? Are you with me, Westside? Battersea? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> uh, for me, I didn't know how to make those exceptional, unusual moments into everyday, normal moments. Are you with me? Are you tracking with me? Um, Acts 2, it says, uh, it talks about living with an outpouring. And, Acts, and I believe that we're in the days of an outpouring 
The, in, in Acts 2, the, Luke, the writer of, of Acts, he says, God raised this Jesus to life, to which we were all witnesses, exalted then to the right hand of God. He has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now know, uh, what you now see and hear. You see, as long as Jesus is exalted, we're set up for an increase in encounter with him. As long as Jesus' name is above every other name, we can expect to see every knee bow. As long as Jesus is exalted, every sickness can be healed. And as long as Jesus reigns over all of us, we can expect an outpouring for all of us. One of my favourite moments, uh, or really awkward moments, is meeting, one of my favourite moments though, is meeting spiritual healers and introducing them to the healer of healers. It's flipping awkward, but really amazing. It's really amazing. One of my favorite moments. They've dabbled with some power, some spiritual power, but now we show them the real power, where the true power comes from. It's very awkward, but I love it. It's awesome. Um, Some of you here are miracles. I was just praying this morning. Some of you probably shouldn't be here if it wasn't for the Lord. Miracles, healing you, healing your body. Uh, Ollie, uh, forgive me, Westside Balaam. Ollie at the back, you are a flipping miracle. You shouldn't be here. I didn't know you were going to be here. You shouldn't be here, Ollie. But but there's a miracle God on you. And you're here because of the miracle God, the healer of healers. Bless you, Ollie. And so in Acts 1, um, the, the, the reading I said earlier, it says the beginning, Acts 1, 1, all that Jesus began to do and teach. All that Jesus began to do and teach. The word began, in my sort of GCSE English, it implies that Jesus started something that isn't finished yet. Jesus has started something, but it's not finished. It's begun. He's still working among us. He's still working among, among you and I. Uh, and the problem is with, book, with the book of Acts, we read incredibly, incredible stories of the Holy Spirit's work at power there, but it was only supposed to be the beginning. It was never intended to be the high watermark of Christian experience. It was never meant to be the ceiling of what Christianity is about. It was meant to be a floor of our faith, it was intended for us to stand on because we're designed for more. We're de- it's the book of Acts is a fuel for us to hunger for more. It's a floor of our faith for more. We were designed to read it and then release it. Are you with me? We were designed to come under the Spirit's influence, have the experience, and then release it to others. Three stages. We have an encounter with the Lord. We become a person of encounter. We then release it to other people. Come Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Give the Holy Spirit away. That's, that's what Christianity is about. Receiving, becoming, releasing. Are you with me? Are you with me?
the book of Acts and their um, exceptional moments uh, are supposed to be our everyday moments. And I want to say this, it's normal for you and I to live under the influence of the Holy Spirit. It's normal. And it's normal for us to live with increased power of God in our everyday moments. So Westside, ask me this question. So why don't we see more? Why don't we see more? Yeah, why don't we see more? It's a great question. It's a great question. It's one that I've wrestled with. And personally, I'm asked that frequently. Indeed, one of the most frequent questions I get asked about the ministry of the kingdom on the streets is, why do you think you see so much healing on the streets? Sometimes those asking the question want to attribute it to a gifting. They say, Steve, you must have some special gifting. Because when they look at me, they look at me, I look more like a plumber than I do a pastor. Because they go, you must have some kind of special gifting. We had someone install some windows in our, in our house a few years ago, and he was giving us some quotes, and he said to me, so what, what do you do? I said, oh, I'm a pastor. And he looked down at our garden, and he says, no, you're not. I said, no, yeah, yeah, I am. He kind of looked, and again, he looked down the garden. He said, but your, your garden's awful. You can't be a pastor. Every vicar, priest, pastor that he does installations for, their gardens are immaculate. <laughs> <laughs> and so he looked down, and he said, no, I don't believe you. I told him I was a West Ham fan, and that just freaked him out as well. He didn't, both of those couldn't compute. Um, if you're coming to our newcomers' lunch uh, this afternoon, you can see that we've slightly improved the state of our garden. <laughs> so, why don't we see more? It's not about a, tr- a, a, a gifting, a special gifting. Now, often um, the question is, like, how do I get it? How do I get what, what's happening? Other times, people are asking with a desire to find out if they can see the same kind of healings and miracles in their streets, in their workplaces, in their cities uh, that we're seeing in Balham or Clapham or uh, at Southside. Whatever, whatever question they ask, it's all, my answer tends to be around the same, same theme. It's all about stewardship. Stewardship. How do we steward the supernatural? And uh, we have a slide uh, coming up there, which is like, how do we steward the supernatural? And I, I've got a few thoughts that I've had about how we steward it. To be effective citizens of heaven in our earthly citizenship, we need to learn how to depend on the Holy Spirit. Uh, or what Galatians says, to walk in the Spirit. Make those an everyday moment. It's not just a one-hour-a-week moment on a Sunday. How do we walk in the Spirit? You see, the kingdom of God comes in moments, but I want to propose through faithful stewardship, it increases in increments until it transforms us, uh, and not just us, but our city as well, the people around. So number one, it's all about these walking in the spirit. Number two, stewardship is this intentional process whereby we need to learn to increase and expand what God has entrusted to us. Uh, 
And I, I know for my life, when we learn to steward the supernatural, uh, we do see more healings, more breakthroughs, more provision, and more moments of awe. So people look at me and say, so Steve, how come, the kind of, how come all this? How come you're seeing or healing? And I, sometimes I'll say to people, I just pray for more people. The reason why I see more healing is I just pray for more people. If you want to see people healed, pray for more people. So we progressively and increasingly become the kind of person that practices the words and the works of Jesus. We show and tell. We kind of be the people that show and tell the love and power of God. And there's this rhythm of routine that releases increase. Uh, And I want to say this. um, Increase doesn't just land on you. You steward it. You don't get a download of increase. Uh, People get impartations. People go to all kinds of gatherings to receive the anointing. But growing in kingdom power, like all aspects of uh, spiritual growth, is not automatic. It's not sporadic. Uh, It's formulaic, I want to say. It's intentional. It requires faithfulness what we've been given by grace. It's like every other aspect of spiritual formation. We don't just suddenly become a prayer warrior by going and receiving the anointing from from the man of God. We go and pray. We don't just uh, uh, learn and become a kind of Bible scholar by going to a theological class. We go by doing our own studies opening up scriptures ourselves. It's like every, and the supernatural is exactly the same. We don't just do it by receiving the impartation. We learn by doing it and growing it and understanding in it. So Battersea, I've got a question I want you to ask me. What else can we learn by stewarding the supernatural? I think, I think they asked me that. I'm really glad you asked me that. You see, when we, when we steward the supernatural, we live our lives in such a way that there's an expansion and expectation of God's grace in our lives. Um, and all the supernatural is, is it's just another expression of God's grace, like forgiveness. Like as we repent, we receive the grace of God's and his, his forgiveness to us. If you're in pain or trauma, we receive the healing, the balm of healing from God as a gift of grace. Ministering the supernatural is just ministering grace to other people. And God's going, you're in pain, here's here's my grace for you. You're repenting, here's my grace for you. You need healing, here's my grace for you. And the supernatural is just another aspect of giving away God's grace. I need to receive your grace. I've received your grace. Now I just give grace away. It's those, those aspects. You with me? Thank you. Thank you.
Peter, uh, he instructed, Peter, one of the, the apostles, he wrote some of the New Testament. And he instructed the church to grow in grace. 2 Peter 3, he, he, um, he talks about assuming that they understood what it meant, that they would know what would happen with God's grace. In Acts 4, God's grace, it says that God's grace was so powerfully at work in them. This much grace, there's lots of the New Testament, it talks about the grace that was given. It indicated increase from what that had been originally given. It didn't happen spontaneously. It happened gradually as the apostle determined not to live on the same level that they previously had. And that's the same for you and I. We want to increase these gradual moments of, of the supernatural. So, Balaam, here's a question. How do we get to a place where great power and much grace is upon us all? <laughs> Very good. <laughs> How do we get to a place where more people are being healed, not just here, but where you and I spend most of our week? How do, we, how do we do that? And again, it's exactly the same way as any form of spiritual formation. We grow through understanding what we've received and intentionally focusing on becoming better stewards. When Jesus told stories, he told stories about the kingdom, he didn't tell stories about a sudden invasion of the kingdom of God. He talked about a gradual increase of the kingdom. Perhaps his most famous stewardship talk on this, it was in Matthew 13. It says, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it's the smallest of all seeds, when it grows, it's the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that all the birds come and perch on its branches. Uh, perch on its branches. It talks about seed that was planted that grows over time. It's not enough, though. It's not enough to see what God is doing when our privilege is to steward what God's doing. You understand that? It's not just a, a place where we're observers of the kingdom. We weren't called. Normal Christianity isn't about just observing what God's doing, when we're called to be an ambassador, a broker, a releaser of the kingdom of God. And here at V61, we're used to seeing the supernatural encounters here on the streets. Sometimes we wonder how it happened. We're amazed at the goodness of God. But I want to say amazement doesn't produce faith. Engagement does. Amazement doesn't produce faith. Engagement does. God is not seeking, uh, forgive me for saying this, God is not seeking people who are amazed at what he can do. He's looking for people who engage with what he's doing. Uh, and we see this in the scriptures. Many times people would gather around what God was doing, yet they walk away unchanged. Their hearts would be hardened. Seeing them, sometimes seeing the miraculous without engaging in the miraculous, actually hardens your heart. Uh, we read this in Acts 3. Peter healed the beggar, uh, the gate beautiful. And it says this, When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognised him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. 
while the mound held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running uh, from the place called Solomon's Colonnade. See this, when Peter saw them, he said, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why are you just standing amazed? Why does this surprise you? And for many of us, it's possible to be in the middle of a miraculous movement of God, marveling at his power, yet we miss the requirement of faith. And when this happens, it creates a barrier for increase. Amazement is not engagement. Amazement is not faith. So number, th- uh, number three, stewardship, what, what it does is it moves us from watching God at work in the city to actually working with God in the city. And in order uh, to create a supernatural culture, we have to move from watching God at work, walking away and waiting on the next time. We have to move away from, from doing that because this doesn't produce a supernatural lifestyle. At the best, you might get a spray of varnish. It might sort of top you up. It might make you feel better as you see it. Yet our communities need more. They need more than just us. Holy Spirit, would you meet me? Would you fill me up? Our communities need more than this. They need us to release the Holy Spirit to where they are. Um, I don't want to make this sound harsh, but we have an obligation to walk in power for our city, for the people around us. The normal Christian life is a life of power. And so, in order to effectively engage with what, what God is doing, we might need to see, we can see it. Jesus said, I only see, only do what I see the Father doing. Let me give you a, a slide. I worked hours on this slide. <laughs> see it, do it, understand it. Um, uh, as I've kind of learned about the supernatural, I can, I can see that for all of us, we can enter at any point. We can enter at any point. For me, I entered in at doing it. As a new Christian, 16 years old, I saw someone healed. And that launched me into healing ministry. I didn't understand it. I just read the scriptures and started doing it. You can enter the cycle at any point. The key to continuous growth, though, is to go through each phase at some point. Perhaps you've read something in Scripture and you have an understanding of the reality before you've seen it in your own life. You enter in that point. You may have an encounter or an experience you know is authentic, but yet you don't have an explanation. You've entered into that point. While God gives us, understand, gives us things before we understand them, they only grow in our lives through understanding. And for, for some of us, we, we merely limit our encounters to what we understand. We do grow in depth and frequency of the encounters and going through the understanding. So what I'm going to get you to do in your life groups this week is I want, I'm going to get you to chat about this fantastic graphic. 
and talk about how you can steward the supernatural power of God. Also, in your life groups, you can, you can tell each other, where are you in this cycle? Just have a, look, have a look at now. Where are you? Or where can you enter in? Have you been stuck in just seeing it? You might have got a bit hardened. Oh, I've seen it, I've seen it. But you've never actually engaged in doing it. You've never actually kind of, you've seen stuff, you've been involved in stuff, but you've never understood why the supernatural lifestyle is normal. Where, where are you? Where, where can you enter? Also in your life groups, we, we're going to be exploring what it looks like to walk in the spirit in your daily life and how you can steward this in the city where you are. So we've had three points I'm going to give you a fourth one. The awesome is in the awkward. Uh, one of my favourite phrases. In, in Steward in the Supernatural, we recognise that the awesome is found in the awesome... Sorry, the awesome is found in the awkward places. Just this week, uh, Viv was taking some boxes of old... Uh, we had some uh, Christian books that we were giving away to a, a charity that's sending them to, to Africa. And she was handing the boxes to the... To the, to the person in the, in the charity and the person wanted her to sign something from her pastor to make sure the pastor was, was okay that she was giving the books to this charity. And Viv said, I think my pastor's going to be fine with that. <laughs> and then she kind of fessed up, actually, I'm the pastor. And then there was this kind of awkward moment that Viv had with this lady this la- or this, uh, the person there who was, oh, you're the pastor. And um, that was definitely an awkward moment for Viv. Uh, what we realised, what I've realised in Steward in the Supernatural, is that um, it is awkward. It is awkward. Some of Jesus' most amazing healings were all surrounded by awkwardness. Can you imagine highlighting a man's disability in front of everyone? That's what Jesus did. It's awkward. Can you imagine drawing attention to a lady who had an issue of blood? It's awkward. It's really awkward. Can you imagine spitting on mud, mixing it together, shoving it on someone's eyes? That's awkward, right? It's awkward. It gives me real hope. Um, (laughs) I've realised, we we use a term here in in the vineyard called being naturally supernatural. I've never quite got to grips with that because I'm not very good at being naturally supernatural I'm really good at awkwardly supernatural I'm re- I feel like I'm really awkward sometimes in my supernatural and I'm grateful to God that the awesome is in the awkward places you want another awkward phrase to use you should know this phrase by now seven words to change someone's life do you know do you know them just shout out if you know the seven words to change someone's life Yes. Very good. Can I pray for you right now? Seven words that could change someone's life, but it's going to be really awkward to say to someone, can I pray for you right now? But it's, it's possible, and that's one way of, of engaging with that. Okay. Jesus, he invites us to reach beyond our comfort zone 
And this is why it's awkward. In order for us to steward the supernatural, at times we're going to have to step out of our comfort zone. We're going to have to try to be in this place of risk. We're going to have to experiment. We're going to have to see it and do it. We learn to operate with increased authority through intentionally embracing greater vulnerability. As we step out and say, hi, can I pray for you right now? To your workmate, to your neighbour, to the person at the school gate, to the person at the bus stop, the coffee shop. It's going to be awkward, but this is the potential where the awesome can break in as we step out of our comfort zone. All right, I'm landing now. The mission of God requires the power of God if it is to succeed. And that's why we need the power of God to help us in our mission for the city. Uh, This power is what Jesus promised to us prior to his ascension, and it's given to us so that his disciples, you and I, might be witnesses to a city in need of his power. Let me pray, and then we're going to do some show and tell. So Jesus, thank you that you're here in your power. And uh, I just bless us as we, as we figure out where are we on the cycle of stewarding your power, your supernatural power. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another life-giving message from one of our Vineyard 61 speakers.